Hello, this is Supriti from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 23rd of November. India recorded 7579 COVID-19 cases and 543 linked deaths in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally stands at over 3 crore 45 lakh while the death toll crossed 4 lakh 66000. So far, India has administered over 117 crore vaccinations, of which nearly 72 lakh doses were given yesterday. Bloomberg reported that the United Kingdom yesterday approved Bharat Biotech's co-vaccine for travel into the country. The Madras High Court yesterday stated that it is mandatory for teachers in Tamil Nadu to get vaccinated before returning to school. The court made this hearing while dismissing the petition filed by Academic Resources Advancement Movement Trust that had opposed compulsory vaccination for teachers. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 250 million people, claiming the lives of over 5.1 million. The Supreme Court today dismissed a petition challenging the proposed change in land use in some areas for the Central Vista project in Delhi. The petitioner Rajiv Suri had argued that the government had submitted to change land use in plot 1 of the Central Vista area from recreational to residential with the residences of vice president and the prime minister. This stated the petitioner would result in loss of recreational green areas and a further takeover of children's parks and bus terminals. The bench comprising justices AM Khanwilkar, Dinesh Maheshwari and CT Ravi Kumar said that the authorities would change plans for the development of the area. Further on the court stated that it could not interfere in the matter unless the petitioner could prove the bad intention behind the government's decision. Justice Khanwilkar said and I quote, "It is not a private property being created here." The vice president's residence is being created. There is bound to be greenery around. The plan has already been approved by authorities unless you are alleging malafide in that process. End quote. According to live law, the court further observed that the petitioner's argument for preserving the recreational area could not be the scope of judicial review, thereby questioning whether now the common man will have to be asked for the construction of the vice president's house. In October the center had urged the Supreme Court to dismiss Rajiv Suri's misconceived petition challenging land use in the Central Vista project. The government had said that the plot had never been opened to the public. Furthermore, in May, a petition against the Central Vista project had been filed in the Delhi High Court. The petitioners had argued that the project was not an essential activity and could be put on hold amid the coronavirus pandemic. In June 2021, the Supreme Court had dismissed the earlier petition, saying that the Central Vista was an essential project of national importance. The court also described the plea as motivated and fined the petitioners rupees one lakh. The Central Vista project entails redevelopment of a stretch of land from India Gate to Rashtrapati Bhavan. Of the twenty thousand crore rupees sanctioned for the project. 971 crore rupees will be spent on a new parliament building and 13450 crore rupees on new residences for the prime minister and the vice president listeners a day after the commission for air quality management in the ncr region called for a halt in all construction activities till 21st november the central vista project was still underway To know all about the construction activities at the Central Vista project even after the Delhi High Court order check out my report on newslaundry.com it is titled amid ban on construction in NCR work as usual at Central Vista 
While you're there, you can also check out reports by Alpana Kishore on the approvals by several agencies like the Central Vista Committee, the Heritage Conservation Committee, and other environmental clearances for the Central Vista project and whether a proper procedure was followed. The report is titled Bit by Bit, Trick by Trick How Central Vista Became a Reality. We at News Laundry are able to do these reports unabashedly only because we are entirely funded by you, our subscribers. Therefore, if you want to keep the spirit of independent journalism alive, go to newslaundry.com today and hit the red subscribe button at the top right-hand corner of the page because we cannot go on without your support. Our lowest subscription starts at only 300 rupees a month. Pay to keep news free. Several areas in Bengaluru were flooded after incessant rainfall yesterday, which prompted rescue operations through boats and tractors. Heavy rainfall has ravaged parts of Karnataka, Tamil Nadu and Andhra Pradesh. According to Hindustan Times, the Yelahanka Lake in Bengaluru overflowed after the rain, thereby flooding Kendriya Vihar and other nearby places. Over 1600 residents were asked to vacate their apartments in the neighboring area. The chief commissioner of the Bruhat Bengaluru Mahanagara Palike, Gaurav Gupta, told the Indian Express about the actions to be taken to control the flow of water into low-lying areas. He said, and I quote, Kendriya Vihar apartment is in a low-lying area next to Yelahanka Lake. We are now planning to construct a new 30-40 to 40 foot stormwater drain with cement and concrete walls so that the water doesn't flow into low-lying areas, end quote. Karnataka Chief Minister Basavaraj Bomai visited the Kendriya Vihar area today to assess the flood situation. Nearly 24 people have died in Karnataka this month because of the heavy rain. The centre has assured the Karnataka government that it will provide all the necessary cooperation and assistance to the state. An unidentified government official in Bengaluru told the New Indian Express that the city was not prepared to deal with a prolonged monsoon. He said, and I quote, While we boasted that the city can handle 44 millimetres of rainfall in one hour, we cannot even manage rain that falls through the night. This is because the drains are full, lakes are full, and water bodies in neighbouring Kolar and Chikabalapur are also full. End quote. Meanwhile, in Andhra Pradesh, 18 villages have been vacated, according to NDTV. Tamil Nadu is also reeling under the impact of heavy rainfall. In Salem district today morning, four houses collapsed from which 13 people were rescued, while four are still feared to be trapped under the rubble. Listeners, do read Lasya Shekhar's ground report on News Laundry in which she spoke to the people affected by the aftermath of floods with increased water logging and relocations in the city. The report is titled, This is all we can do. In rain hit Chennai, some homeless chose streets over shelters. The Supreme Court yesterday directed the West Bengal Assembly Speaker, Biman Banerjee, to take a decision on the disqualification petition against the Trinamul Congress MLA Mukul Roy. The court was hearing a plea filed by Banerjee against a Calcutta High Court order that had directed him to decide on Roy's disqualification from the House by 7th October. The plea was filed by Bharatiya Janata Party MLA Ambika Roy to challenge the appointment of Mukul Roy as the chairperson of the Public Accounts Committee of the West Bengal Legislative Assembly. In yesterday's hearing, senior advocate Abhishek Manu Singhvi, appearing for Banerjee, told a bench of justices Nageswara Rao and Hima Kohli that the High Court had adjourned the hearing after it was informed of the Speaker's special leave petition. He also mentioned that Banerjee was going to hear the matter on November 12th, but had deferred it to December 21st in view of the special leave petition. The Supreme Court, however, sought to hear the disqualification petition. It said, and I quote, 
It takes years now to decide the petitions under the 10th schedule. There have been so many cases where there are delays by the speaker and when such cases come to this court, we are told that you cannot pass any order till the speaker decides. This has been a common experience, end quote. Singhvi then contended that Ambika Roy's petition before the High Court had not called for a decision on disqualification, but had only asked to set aside Mukul's appointment as the chairperson of the Public Accounts Committee. To this, senior advocate Shekhar Nafte, appearing for Ambika Roy, said that Banerjee had filed a special leave petition before the Supreme Court just to delay proceedings. The Supreme Court has adjourned the case till January 17th, stating that it will hear the case in further detail in the next hearing. In June, Mukul Roy defected to the Trinamool Congress after winning the Krishnanagar Uttar constituency in the West Bengal Assembly elections on a BJP ticket. In the following month, Banerjee appointed him as the chairperson of the Public Accounts Committee of the House Assembly. On 17th June, BJP MLA and leader of the opposition in West Bengal Assembly, Suvendu Adhikari, sent a plea to the Assembly Speaker, seeking disqualification of Mukul Roy under the anti-defection law. United States Trade Representative Catherine Tai, yesterday in a meeting with Commerce and Industry Minister Piyush Koyal at the United States Trade Representative Office, stated that India's unpredictable regulatory norms, high tariffs and restricted market access are obstacles in bilateral trade between the two countries. Tai, who is on a four-day visit to India for the revival of the U.S.-India Trade Policy Forum, also said that the United States is ready to work with the Indian government on connecting trade more directly with working people. Tai said, and I quote, There is a huge potential for growth in our two countries, in areas like the digital economy, services, health-related trade, and yes, even agriculture. I believe that a revived TPF, Trade Policy Forum, can help our trade relationship keep pace with our other areas of engagement. End quote. In 2020-2021, India and the United States conducted bilateral trade worth $80.5 billion. In this year, India received $13.8 billion worth foreign direct investment from the United States. The U.S. Trade Policy Forum has five focus groups, Agriculture, Investment, Innovation and Creativity Services, including tariff and non-tariff barriers. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.